I'm here live at Wealth Management Edge 2023, and I am delighted to welcome Aaron Klein, the CEO of Nitrogen. Yes. Great to be yeah. with you. Thank you so much, Aaron. I know you have so much going on at these events. I'm yeah. really uh, excited that you could join me. For Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just get right into yeah. like the question on a lot of people's minds, right? Sure. You just went through the rebrand. Yes. You just wrapped that announcement. 12 years oh. known as the CEO of Riskalyze yeah. and now all of a sudden CEO of Nitrogen. I have a brand new I didn't job. change jobs. <laughs> <laughs> different, but the same. Yes. Different, but the same. Yeah. So, you know, you guys, obviously you built up a ton of goodwill yes. and brand equity yeah. in the Riskalyze name. Yeah. So, so I know that that decision to rebrand yeah. And then the process itself was not an easy one to make. Not an easy one to make. I mean, we, yeah. we we had to do it. And we had to do it because somebody really wise said to me, you know, branding is like a double-edged sword. If you do it really poorly, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can turn that brand into whatever you want it to be. If you do a really good job of it, yeah. you're stuck in the box yeah. of your own making. Yeah. And, you know, it was as if Jeff Bezos had called that website onlinebookstore.com. Like, you know, <laughs> I would walk into Can these. You imagine? Yeah. I'd, I'd walk into these, uh, you know, these large wealth management firms and they would say, oh, we've, we, of course, we've heard of you. You have a yeah. great reputation. You know, a, a lot of our advisors, you know, really like you. Uh, and and they're asking for you, but but you know, like we don't really need a risk tolerance documentation solution at our firm. We've yes. got paper, like we're fine with that. Yeah. And you know, when you name the first, We've when you name paper. the company, yeah, right. Let's it just, just happened. Let's take a second. It to does appreciate. happen. Yes. <laughs> I but but like when you name the company after the first feature, and then you spend a mm. decade building the growth platform for wealth management firms, and then nobody yeah. understands or gets that that's the case. Mm-hmm. We just looked at it. And we said, you know, listen. Our company is going to be two, three, four times as big, you know, some point in the future. And we're going to yeah. look back and go, those customers came, you know, and, and they and they they came looking for a growth platform. They didn't have to stumble over it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm curious. I want to get into into the naming itself. Yeah, sure. So in your in your launch uh, announcement, which yes. is beautifully done. Thank you. Like, Thank you. I know like everything. I can take zero credit. Like the team did such an amazing yeah. job putting that together. I mean, I, just, I appreciate as a marketer, like yeah. production value that yeah. your team puts into yeah. things. And they like, sure do. Just do such a good job. Thank all the you. details. Um, but you talked about the the meaning behind nitrogen. I yeah. think you said you guys went through 40 names together. That's right. right? So we so hired a firm. Process? Yeah, like, we hired yeah. a firm called Lexicon Branding. Mm-hmm. This is a firm that has, you know, invented brands like Sonos, Impossible Burger. Swiffer, Febreze, yeah. Subaru Forster, like it's Pentium, yeah. you know, like PowerBook for Apple. Yeah. So uh, the, a storied firm. Yeah. They came up with like 40 different names over three rounds of work. Hmm. And, you know, some of them, I, I think they had to have planted some bad ones in there because that's how that must be how it works. Like there's some bad ones in there yeah. so that, you know, what what good ones to how good the good ones are. Right. Yeah. Um, the worst one by far was Green Flash. You know, which I felt Green was like flash, a, yeah. some kind of cross between the Incredible Hulk and the Sex <laughs> Offenders list or something like that, you know. So, it's like a real C-grade comic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, well, we're not doing that. So, I, you know, um, when Nitrogen came up, they show you these, by the way, on a white slide with black characters in Arial. 
because they don't want you to be like like in any way biased by design. Do they want right? you to infer don't anything see design, the name. Just yeah. see the name. Because they're thinking about pronounceability, mm-hmm. trademark availability. Does this work in other cultures? You know, oh, we yeah. have 40 employees in Poland. We want yeah. it to like mean something great in Poland. For right? sure. Yeah. And so when nitrogen came up on the screen, I mean, we just kind of felt like we had to have it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's the essential element for growth in our universe. It's a catalyst. Yeah. It's a force multiplier. And that is what we are for wealth management firms. That's that's exactly what we've been building for the last decade yeah. for wealth, wealth management firms. Do you know how to pronounce nitrogen in Polish? Oh, my goodness. I know the word, but I don't know how to pronounce it. I, I Actually, okay. one of our great Polish employees came on and was he does like Polish word of the week on Slack. Okay. It's <laughs> amazing. And and nitrogen in Polish was literally one of the words that he just did. Oh my goodness. Just to like share with the team. He's like, I love this. He goes, I'm so excited about this because we've never had a Polish word for riskalize. We we, mm-hmm. you know, I, I it's not even like possible to translate. So you just say riskalize and nobody knows what you're saying. Yeah. He goes, and now like our company that I'm a part of has a brand that makes sense when I tell people w- where I work. That's like such a, that's special for It's kind of cool. Yeah. In, in the sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've been curious, what made you guys decide to, um, build that kind of base of talent in Poland? Oh, great question. Um, that actually came out of simply, it, it, at first, it was just like past experience because one of our co-founders who had since left the company mm-hmm. had built out an engineering team in this city, Wrocław, in okay. Poland. And he said, oh, it's just an amazing engineering center, like great talent, hmm. great people, great work ethic, great culture. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, he felt like the the culture of software engineers there would really fit our company. We were in a place, this started, you know, we started the office there in late 2019. We were in a place where you know, the price of U.S. engineering talent was cl- skyrocketing. Yeah. And we are not Facebook. Like for for every pound of engineering that we do, you know, we earn one one hundredth the revenue that Facebook does for every pound of engineering sure. they do. Right. And yeah. so so we're sitting there going, OK, well, how do we we want to retain every one of our U.S. engineers? We want to keep them all in the company, yeah. which means we have to pay them, you know, market mm-hmm. uh, value for what they do. Mm-hmm. And yet we also need to hire a bunch more engineers to continue innovating and doing what we're doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, we came upon a great uh, financial services concept called, uh, you know, dollar cost averaging. Right. Because <laughs> if you if you open up, you know, uh, uh, offices in in potentially lower cost areas mm-hmm. it creates the ability to dollar cost averaging we were able to keep we were able to like work with a bunch of great new talent in poland mm-hmm. we were able to keep all of our u.s engineers on the team it's been really great that's awesome yeah that's awesome what a great idea now you a couple times in this interview yeah. you've called nitrogen a growth platform yeah and i want to dig into this so sure. growth platform as a phrase yeah. right are you guys i want to know are you looking at creating like an entirely new wealth tech category like if we're talking like the question. kitsies fintech map yeah. you're like slide it over the page two here's nitrogen you yeah, know so yeah. you know it's a great break question. it down what well, is the Michael growth platform himself mean? said to me he says i don't think that we can just put you under a category called growth platform because everybody and their brother will call me and say oh i do growth too i i need to be under right. growth <laughs> yeah. so i'm a little bit conflicted here you know yeah what to do so here's the thing i think that the the What's really interesting is to kind of zoom out of the wealth management profession for a second and let's look at the broader world. Okay. Okay. Because I do think that our profession at times operates about a decade in the past. 
behind like mm-hmm. the bleeding edge of tech out mm-hmm. there for a lot of businesses. Yep. And if you go out there and look at the outside world, it's very interesting because in the outside world, we 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 have we have marketing, marketing automation tools, we oh, have yeah. CRMs to be the system of record for people. Mm-hmm. We have systems of record out there. We call them ERP systems. In yep. our world, we call them asset platforms, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and so and so, you know, what's so fascinating is there's these two software spaces that have just kind of, uh, you know, grown up out there in the outside world. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lump them together for wealth tech and call it the growth platform. But in the outside yeah. world, they'll call them sales enablement tools and they'll call them uh, client success tools. OK, yes, because yeah. growth is a double sided coin. Growth is bringing new clients aboard. Growth is also retaining the clients that you have. Mm-hmm. So in recurring revenue Absolutely. businesses like wealth management, growth is a double-sided coin. You want to think about both those things. You know, that's now a $7.5 billion market doing sales yeah. enablement and client success out yeah. there in the outside world. Mm-hmm. And I look at this and go, I think, you know, what we've been building for the last decade creates an opportunity for us to kind of leapfrog this industry a decade into the future and go... Yeah. There's a reason this technology exists in the outside world. Like Salesforce can't do everything. Your marketing <laughs> automation can't do everything. Right. Your yeah. asset platform, your ERP can't do everything. Okay. Right. right. We we there's this there's this round hole in the middle. We've been start trying to stuff a bunch of square pegs into it for the last few decades mm-hmm. in wealth management. People have been trying to use a lot of great tools that have lots of value to try to stuff into that growth platform hole. Um, comprehensive financial planning tools, very valuable tools, not great as growth platforms. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Charting tool, very valuable tool, not great as a growth platform. PowerPoint, Excel, the <laughs> whiteboard on your office right. wall. Yeah. You know, great, powerful tools, not great as a growth platform. And so we're, we need that sales enablement space. We need that client success space in mm-hmm. wealth tech. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you put them together. We put them together in one product and call it a growth platform. Yeah. I think Kits is for, you know, he he's kind of leaning towards calling it sales enablement. And I'm totally cool with that because that's like one side of the coin that we're really focused sure. on here. Yeah. I think how I have thought about and described Riskalyze, I'm yeah. going backwards now. Yeah, time. that's fine. To people, though. We're still allowed is, to say the is, word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not stricken. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, um, no, we're the makers of Riskalyze <laughs> forever. So right. it's part of our history. Yeah, but how I've thought of that and described it to people when we would talk about like, what does Riskalyze really do? Yeah. Is I would often say like, well, it's a client acquisition and and uh, client uh, retainment yeah. solution. Yeah, that's right. right. And that's, that's really, right. you're, you've advanced that beyond it with sales right. enablement and customer success. Right. And if but we hadn't named the company Riskalyze, that. yeah. People would know that. Yeah. Right. That, that's what I think. That's what I appreciate about yeah. the rebrand is right. you have that bigger story to tell. Right. Right. And you could have, you could have said like, well, well we're just going to keep changing and massaging our messaging. Right. To keep telling that story. But, you know, if we're getting into really um, branding strategy, strategy here, right, but sure. it's a much more powerful and effective way to have just kind of this clean break yeah. to do this full rebrand because I yeah. know some people say like, well, why you know why would they not just keep riskalyzing and do a new message because yeah. it's much harder to get attention if you just are slowly I mean, changing it's a great message. Point. I, and at the same time, a rebrand is like such a huge mountain of work. If I never oh. have to do another one in my career, <laughs> yeah. I will be very happy. Yeah, but yeah, but I'll just say like like I, I at the end of the day there is like a right or wrong answer on these things. So I, I, I can't yeah. advise somebody else yeah. on, on their precise situation, but I would just say like, there is a right or wrong answer. Yeah. We looked at it and we tested it in the marketplace and we said, 
changing our messaging isn't going to work. We've yeah. we've been talking growth messaging for a long time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's not and a yet new we still walk into firms. Yeah. And they say, well, we just we don't need a risk tolerance documentation tool. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. when you hear that enough times, you go, I I I I kind of need to sync up. Yeah, you know the brand that the that the company is known for, that the product platform is known for, with the brand, uh, with what the product actually does. Yeah, and it's been magical for the last couple of weeks because it's amazing how many firms yeah. have just come out of the work and said, "We need, we do need to have a conversation." <laughs> you know, we always yeah. were like, "I, we don't need something new with risk," but the, but you know, now you're making us think like we mm-hmm. do need to figure out how to drive better organic growth in the firm. Oh, absolutely! And here they are absolutely. talking to us. That's a bold move, but I appreciate you, yeah, you, you having the the willingness to do it. Yeah. So, I want I want to use that actually to talk more about just leadership decisions and sure. how to approach leadership. Sure. So, I find that when I'm talking to successful leaders, hmm. like the most impactful moments in life come more from failure than success. Right. Oh, so yeah. this is, um. This is a question that I don't know, maybe you don't get too often, but I'm curious, like, what mistake have you yeah. made in business that most dramatically changed the way you operate as a leader for the better? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, part of me just wants to say, well, you know, I did think about rebranding the company probably once a year for six years in a row <laughs> before finally having the the courage to do it. But, you know, I the truthful answer to the question is, um, and I'll try to tell this story quickly, but in um along our journey uh early on i created this thing where i i I called it the veto interview i'm like Mm. it's really important to me that we hire people who are aligned with our values we're a values-driven company we're a mission-driven company so we have to hire people in alignment with our values and you know whenever we got that wrong um this is kind of semi-hilarious but people would tag like if we got it wrong we got it wrong very few times but when Mm. we got it wrong people would say that was a talented jerk or that was a nice idiot, you know. Somebody it's like a like, Western compliment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, so we had this veto interview thing, and the idea was, mm. well, this is the quality control check. Like, you have to do a ten minute interview with Aaron to get hired okay. um, at the company. Mm. And you know, I, 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 I really was not there to try to assess their skill set, their competence. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I was there to assess whether. Uh, they were a good fit for our culture and mm. our values. Yeah. And um, so that worked for a good long time. So then we get to this place where we're really, we're in, we're, we're just in hyper growth and we enter kind of our second year of hyper growth and we're hiring a ton of people and people mm. are coming to me. They're like, Aaron, like, give me a break. I cannot get a veto interview on your calendar for two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like we are we are, you are becoming the bottleneck and you are stopping us from scaling the company. Uh, you don't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear that. Right. And I'm reading all these books. Like, so a very wise mentor of mine helped me later because, hmm. because here's what happened. Here's the mistake I made. Okay. The mistake I made within two, three years. Okay. It was not, it was not the, it was not like the next level below me. It was not even the next level below that person. It was one more level down. And that person was making hiring decisions Mm. and those hiring decisions, as it turned out, like we got to a fairly bad place. Like we had one team, um, that a bunch of the people on the team were neither talented jerks or nice idiots. They were like Mm. people who could fog a mirror. Oh man. That's not a good place to be. It's not a good place to be for people working in your organization. Like I came face to face with several of them at like an all company retreat. And I'm like, 
how did this person get into my company? Like, how did that yeah. happen? Yeah. That's a bad feeling. It is. It's a very bad Absolutely. feeling. So we, you know, I ha- had to turn over some of that team and make some changes there. Mm. But the number one thing, I had this, this very wise mentor of mine, he said, here's the problem. He goes, you abolish the process. You didn't replace it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's so true. I just let that go. I just said, oh, well, we have to scale. And I let it go. Hmm. So he said, "What you know, he, like every good mentor, he didn't tell me the solution. He asked me, he goes, what could Mm -hmm. you do to replace the process that was working so well for you instead of abolish it? And I thought about that for a second. I said, oh, I know exactly what to do. Um, And I went and did it. I I handpicked like 15 people from around the company who I felt best reflected our values and our culture, like the keepers of the flame, right? The keepers of the culture. And then they do the veto interview now. Okay. Yeah. And it, and it's required to be Mm cross-functional. So if you're a software engineer, you're not going to get another software engineer doing your values interview, right? You're going to get a salesperson and the Mm. salesperson has no idea whether or not this is a competent software engineer. But right. they can figure out if they're a German, German and they're yeah. not going to fit the culture. Exactly. Yeah. That was a really smart move. Well, and I think it's a good testament to like the mentors. culture that you can and and the leaderships and what you've built that you can choose 15 people yeah. and have them and trust I them. I feel really that. grateful for that. Yeah. It's a yeah. really big trust element. Yeah. To have for them sure. Do that. For sure. Um, speaking of mentors, I didn't have this on, on kind of question list that I was going to prep, but. Um, you know, has announced this week that Eric Clark from Orion, yeah. he's going to retire at the end of the year. Yeah. I know he's been a friend and a mentor to you yeah, for sure. And you guys are advancing, you know, integrations between yep. nitrogen and Orion. Yep. Um, and he also is an important part of my life because I worked yeah. at Orion for six years. Sure and did. Interacting with, with him a lot and learned a lot from him. Yeah. You know, like fra- favorite Eric Clark story. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. Now I wish I'd prepared <laughs> so many great Eric Clark stories. I mean, Eric is just a salt of the earth kind of guy. And um, what I love about him is one of the things that he taught me the most, I think, was that there's you're never too big to care about your clients on an individual level. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I remember one time at a Fuse, um, you know, event where they were bringing together all the different, e- you know, wealth tech ecosystem firms to like, you know, come up with cool integration ideas mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, everybody stopped working. And, you know, I, I, a bunch of us are just kind of like sitting around the living room and, and, and there's Eric and he is just like pounding away on his Mac. And, um, and he goes, sorry guys, he goes like eight more emails, like just a few clients that just like need an answer today. Yeah. Right. And it's like 10 o'clock at night and, and the guy is not going to go to sleep mm-hmm. without, without answering that important client email that needed yeah. an answer, you know? Yeah. And I just, I, you know, so many great Eric Clark stories and so many great Eric Clark lessons, but, yeah. um, the guy is just a phenomenal leader and, um, he's done phenomenal things in this industry. That, that perfectly encapsulates yeah. Eric right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So last question, Aaron, we're at Wealth Management Edge 2023. Yes. So what do advisors need to do to get an edge in 2023? Um, well, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I would say whether you're going to work with nitrogen or not, mm-hmm. um, you really need to have a consistent growth process for your firm. Okay. And I, that's just something I, I, we just released the nitrogen growth study. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a really, uh, exciting, uh, opportunity, uh, like a statistical study that covered like a thousand different, uh, wealth management firms that we surveyed. And, um, and it was fascinating to me because 
Yeah, you, by the way, you can download the the, the survey. It's nitrogenwealth.com slash growth survey. And um, a thousand different firms in the survey. And the number one thing that all the firms say is their biggest impediment to growth is they don't have a consistent growth process. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the slow growth firms that are growing 5% or less a year, it, it's like 40% of, the, percent of them name it as their number one issue, their wow. number one impediment. Wow. It, it, it's still an issue even for the hyper growth firms. It drops down to like 25% because many of them have solved it. Mm-hmm. But they're still sitting there going, my problem is consistency across a large number of advisors. And I would say yeah. nothing drives a consistent process like great technology. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's, you know, honestly, that's why we believe a purpose-built growth platform has got to sit at the heart of every wealth management firm. There we go. Secret to growth in 2023, straight from Arid Klein. Aaron, man, thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me. me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.